Well, I can't wait to meet our host. I hear this is only one of his beat parties. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Hey, and welcome back to Two True to Lie with Harry Day. It is cold in the office because I've had the door open and I'm trying to get my dog to come inside, but my dog likes to be outside, but it's really cold outside. And so it's, it's the kind of thing where you just wait until he scratches on the door and wants in, but he's timid towards wanting to come in. It's, it's, it's a dynamic I cannot explain, but that's why it's cold in this room because this room is next to the garage which is outside and that's where the cold air is so now that we've squared away the weather we're gonna talk about America but not the United States of America we're gonna talk about what in the old world and in the old times was known as the Americas or in general America and I will explain all this as I try to read this uh, information that I've collected as I try to warm myself burning calories in place because that's how you warm yourself when you shiver um, no matter we're gonna forge on uh, Quiet in the house, 9.30 at night, Thanksgiving week, Tuesday night, just me and Ethan in the house. Ethan was watching his show on his phone in the kitchen and had, I guess, had the volume cranked up and it was, it's not really Japanese anime, but it is, it's some show that has over 800 episodes that he's been binging on when he's not doing his schoolwork or practicing golf or uh, doing a little hunting with me. So, again, after tangenting out, let's talk about the Americas. Right. Well, the Americas and the name America has generally been given to have come from the name of an Italian explorer named Amerigo Vespucci. He did not name it though. There were some map makers, some German cartographers, one named Martin Wald Simmuller and Matthias Ringman, who were making their maps and they were familiar with Vespucci's explorations, mainly South America in the late late 1400s early 1500s and being the first European explorer this Vespucci guy to suggest that the Americas by not saying that by the New World was not the East Indies as the uh, Colombian explorers etc all figured they had found a way to the Far East, to India or China or wherever they were trying to go for a trade route. 
America figured it was a different landmass that had previously not been explored by anyone, or at least Europeans. So in 1507, the German mapmaker Waldseemuller, <laughs> I can't say it, Waldseemuller produced a world map. And on this map, he placed the word America on the continent of South America, right in the middle of what is now Brazil. He explained in a book that came out later that from Americus the discoverer, as if it were the land of Americus, thus America, meaning he named it after Amerigo Vespucci. I thought it was interesting that Germans chose it from the Italian's name. And I also learned while reading this material that English is actually a Germanic derivative or, or, or I just said er three times because I felt like it. English is a Germanic derivative or I almost did it again. Oh, I bet these are just horrid to listen to. Or maybe they're different and you enjoy it. I don't know. But the Germanic languages birthed English. How about that? That sounds better. And we won't talk about the fornication part that birthed it. It was just language. And a lot of barbarism. All right. So, Waldseemuller, <laughs> for Waldseemuller, no one could object to the naming of the land after its discoverer because there was no previous information for it. He decided to use the Latinized version of Vespucci's name, Americus Vespucius, but he, he chose to use the feminine form of Americus or Amerigo, which was America. And that is where America came from in the European manner as we know it now. And he chose the feminine version of America because it followed the, the already um, used forms of Europa, Asia, and Africa, which ended in A or in a feminine matter. It was much later, maybe just 30 years, that other map makers extended the name America to the northern continent also. The original America was South America. Now they were connected by that spit of land around Panama and it widened up through Mexico. And that was the northern continent and it was in 1538 that a man named Gerard Mercator used America on his map, but he used it for all of the world in the Western Hemisphere. Now, a lesser known and lesser believed story on the naming of America and the Americas comes from a man named Jules Marcoux. 
who was familiar with a Central American mountain range, the Amerisquay Mountains. And he suggested that is where the name America stemmed from. Now, why he would, I guess he didn't know about the German mapmaker's work for Amerigo Vespucci if he were to suggest it was named after those mountains, which no one in Europe would have known about. Well, Marcoux corresponded with a man named Augustus Le Plongeon, and this Plongeon wrote, the name America in the Mayan language means a country of perpetual strong wind, or the land of the wind. And with suffixes, suffixes can mean a spirit that breathes life itself. These guys are waxing more poetic. Is America or America a Mayan word? I don't know. I'm not a linguist. Um, well, Mercator made his own map. This guy who was about... Where was he? Mercator was the man who said America was all the continents in the hemisphere. So when he made his map, he called it, well, he, he made a map called North America and named it America. Okay, no, he didn't name it that. See, I've already been through this, and yet I still don't get it. Mercator on his map called North America, America, or New India, um, because he still believed that it may have been um, the East Indies or part of India. And the Spanish Empire, who were the people that really came over and stomped a hole in South America and Central America, and a little bit of Southern America, like DeSoto. Why anything is still named DeSoto in Mississippi is beyond me. But we're not going to get into that today. I'm having enough trouble getting through this. The Spanish called its territories in North and South America Las Indias, or the Indies. And the state body overseeing them was the Council of the Indies. So there you go. So that kind of, in a very messy way, lays out how the New World and the two great continents became known as the Americas, or America. Nowadays, America is, you know, in, in our United States, top of the hill manner, we are America. That's how we, that's just how we are. That's how we see it. We're not shoving it down people's throats. We just look at it as we are America. We are the United States of America. But America is South America, North America, Central America. We are the Americas. And Hopefully we are all allies, although I'm sure there are very many corrupt governments, including our own, but the people are good, right? Now, America, the continents, has always been thought to not have birthed forth human life. It was not here a million years ago, 
there were animals and insects and fish and all the you know all of the wild kingdom was here but there were no humans for whatever reason and maybe it was because it was in between ice ages and there was no way to get here on purpose unless somehow a group survived a long 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 boat trip across one of the oceans and you say well it's really short between Russia and Alaska yes yeah, really cold too you get in that water and if you don't get out fast you don't get out you become one with the sea anyway we're gonna jump into the pre-Columbian settlement of the Americas. Now the indigenous people of the Americas have a lot of creation myths, like Coyote stomped the ground until it was large enough to provide footing for their tribe to come out of the earth and live. I mean, they're crazy mystical stories. I've read a lot of them on how these people came to be on this land. But it's, it's all myth. It's all mythical. There's zero evidence that humans evolved on the Americas. Now, there's a thought that the initial settlement of the Americas was by ancient Asians and that's an ongoing research and discussion but it has yet to be really proved although the later settlements came from Asia so maybe this is an early early thing they're trying to see they say 27,000 years ago to 43,000 years ago but no earlier than that could man have come over to this continent and I and a lot of other people do not believe that is true. They could have come here much earlier. Much, much earlier in ways we may not realize. You know, when we had the Great Ice Ages and we had immense layers of ice over the Northern Hemisphere, the oceans dropped down hundreds and hundreds of meters I believe feet for sure but I think meters hundreds of meters and more and so when people started coming over between Russia and Alaska they could have been walking on earth not ice but earth and come down the coastline stopped slept every night along the way down the coastline and all the evidence of what they did, of their hunting, of their camps, of their burials, is hundreds of meters underwater and will never be found. It's gone. So, the traditional theory was that hunters crossed the Bering Land Bridge between Siberia and Alaska about 27 to 14,000 years ago. I think it's further back, but I'm not a specialist on this. I just read stuff. Um, a growing viewpoint was that the first American inhabitants sailed across the Bering Strait 
13,000 years ago. And a widespread habitation happened afterwards in the Americas at the end of the last glacial period, also known as the late glacial maximum, you know, which is a fancy way of saying the last glacial period. And this was about 12,500 years ago. Petroglyphs were found in North America dating 15,000 years ago. That's uh, drawings in rock, on rock. Um, it is thought that over the thousands of years afterwards, waves of migration came over when word got, I guess, word of people going and never coming back. Or maybe people came back and said, hey, we can, you know, did people go back west to get others to come back to the Americas in the pre-Columbian era, you know, 20,000 years ago. That is an interesting point that I need to ask someone who knows about this stuff. Surely someone traveled back and said, hey, I made it. There's land, there's game, there's water. Bring the gang. But I don't know if that really happened. Certainly it happened. Now we have a settled America by all these people that came from Asia and still being pre-Columbian before contact with Europeans, the natives of North America divided into many different pol polities. What is polity? Many different groups. How about that? Let's just use a normal word we all understand. There were small bands of families and there were large empires such as the Mayans and the Incans and the Aztecs. There were not super empires in North America. There were large groups like Cahokia and the Mound Builders, but they were so spread out. But in the Americas, the, they lived in these culture areas and you had the woodland hunter-gatherers, you had the bison hunters of the Great Plains, you had the farmers of Mesoamerica, and you had a lot of different languages, almost like the countries around the world today, except concentrated on the continent in smaller numbers. People with similar languages did not always share the same culture either, nor were they always allies. Well, that's well known and, and written about throughout the 1600s when the evidence of warring tribes was witnessed, as well as the savagery. But let's not get into that. That's for another show. So we got our cultures on continent in South and North America, or AKA the Americas, and they're farming, whoops, and they're hunting, and they're growing, and they're fighting, because that's happened throughout history, anywhere on the planet. So now, during the thousands of years of native habitation on this continent, the cultures changed and shifted. One of the oldest 
so far discovered cultures is the Clovis culture, which is in the New Mexico, Texas area. Approximately 10,000 years ago, a little under. Later, we had groups found in the Mississippi River Valley, the Mississippian culture and the related mound building cultures, which we have all over Mississippi, all these Indian mounds, which were found in the Mississippi River Valley. We also had the Pueblo culture in the Four Corners area out west near the deserts. Um, the more southern cultural groups of North America were responsible for the domestication of many crops now used around the world. These were tomatoes, squash, and corn. Came out of the Americas, some of it being coming out of Southern America, Central America, North America. It was developed and um, gosh, they even evolved because corn was just a little finger sized uh, vegetable or fruit, you know, a uh, product on the plant. And somehow these natives worked these plants to where their uh, produce got larger, which is amazing. You know, the Europeans, when they found the natives' tomatoes and tomato vines and brought them back to Europe, they didn't eat tomatoes. The Italians got into them first, but they didn't eat tomatoes. They grew them in their gardens as something to look at, like flowers, which seems foreign to me, but euros are strange anyway, so what are you going to do? Now, what have we not mentioned about migration into the Americas? We've come from the far west, which they call the far east, which makes no sense because you're going west to get to it. Everything is backwards. Everything is upside down. It, it was then. It is now. Anyway, we have the sailing, rowing culture and raiding and ravaging culture of the Vikings of Northern Europe. And it is thought that long before Columbus sailed into the uh, Caribbean islands, the West Indies, whatever you want to call it, Norsemen such as Leif Erikson sailed into what is now Greenland, Iceland, Greenland, and uh, eastern Canada, the coastal part of Canada. We don't know how far inland they went or how far south they went for sure, but we know they did land and try to start a settlement in North America, but it failed. The Norsemen in their sagas wrote or spoke of the Americas as Vinland, V-I-N-L-A-N-D, Vinland. And there's verifiable evidence that they did so 1000 BC. 
or maybe it's AD. It could be AD. Yeah, that would make more sense. 1000 AD. Here it says CE, but they got all these new changes. I don't know what that means. <laughs> CE, Christ accepted, Christ exceptional. I, I don't know what that means. I know they used to have BC and AD, and they had to change it just like they're trying to change math and rewrite history, and it's ridiculous. Alien, aliens come teach us what's real. So, and I don't mean illegal aliens. I guess space aliens would be illegal too, though, if you came in and didn't get documented. Well, this site in Newfoundland was unmistakably a Norse settlement and it was Leif Erikson who lived from 970 to 1020 AD was thought to have visited this area he was the first European to make landfall on the continent excluding Greenland and they gave it a shot and I don't know if they sailed home or if they just perished or froze or starved to death or were killed by Indians hard to say Now we can go back to the southern. This is the last part we're going to do on pre-contact with Europeans. The Mayan culture was still present in southern Mexico and Guatemala when the Spanish conquistadors arrived. But the political dominance in the area had shifted towards the Aztecs. Apparently they uh, weren't fond of each other. Whose capital city was Tenochtitlan. A little further north in the Valley of Mexico. By 1521, the Aztecs were completely conquered by Hernan Cortez, Cortez the Killer. And that brought in the Spanish and the enslavements and the war and the disease that took out much of the population of the Americas pre Columbian. They didn't mean to do it. But it happened. Sad to say. Now, let's get back to this other list and then I can roll us out of here. We did the human first settle in the Americas 42,000 to 17,000 years ago. Why the big discrepancy? Uh, when did they come here? It was either 42,000 or 17,000 years ago. Somewhere in there. Somewhere between 42,000 and 17,000. And then more came later. <clears throat> anyway, we did the Leif Erikson. We did the Columbus, who voyaged over from 1492 to 1504 and started a permanent settlement. Um, was it the Dominican Republic area? Hispaniola, perhaps? The thing about the Spanish, which probably ruined it for all, all following migrations into this country because Europeans migrated here just the same way as Asians migrated here. It was just thousands of years apart. Some were just still prehistoric when the Euros got here. They were a different culture. Tough to get along that way. Some don't want to give up the old ways. That's just life. It's in the past. You can't do anything about it now. But the Spanish were the ones that came over with their exploration 
their conquest, their colonization, and the consequences that came with. Their methods involved the enslavement of large numbers of the indigenous population of America. I guess to do the work for them and not just like, you know, digging and building and gardening and carrying and farming, but also a little bedroom pleasure, etc. Fanning. And then the others followed in and did it like them, but just not in the mass scale that the Spanish did. I don't see why the world doesn't just jump on Spain's ass about, about all the problems and, and instead of the United States. I don't get it. We're trying to help people. Anyway, the disease followed. Introduced from Europe and West Africa, and it devastated the indigenous people. Then you had the mass immigration from Europe large numbers of indentured servants and imported African slaves largely replaced the indigenous people and I guess their enslavement and use. And then they were given little small stamps of land to live on. Now the decolonization of the Americas began originally in the very beginning when all of the Americas was claimed by some European country. It was, it's, the decolonization started with the American Revolution in the late 1770s. In the mid, well, actually in the 1770s. And for the United States, it went on through the Spanish-American War in 1890 when we finally threw them all off our property. Mexico did the same. Cuba did the same. I imagine the I don't know enough about South America, but I imagine by the 1900s, the colonization rulers were done with their footholds in the Americas, which is a good thing because everyone wants freedom to set up their own shop, right? Now, currently, almost all of the populations of the Americas reside in independent countries. However, the legacy of the colonization and settlement by Europeans is that the Americas share many common cultural traits that those Europeans brought. So we have got a lot in common, like our Christianity, whether it's Protestant or Roman Catholic Catholic. And our Indo-European languages, which are primarily, primarily Spanish and English with a little bit of Portuguese and French and some Dutch. Mostly Spanish and English. Now, we'll get into some more America modern stats. If you still feel like listening, if not, just cut this thing off. But you're going to miss the song at the end. You might not have ever, ever heard this song before. Although it's only going to be part of it. The Americas are nearly populated by a billion people, two-thirds of whom reside in the United States, Brazil, and Mexico alone. The Americas are home to eight megacities. New York City, 23.9 million. Mexico City, 21.2 million. Sao Paulo in Brazil, 21.2 million. Los Angeles, 18.8 million. Buenos Aires, 
15.6 million, Rio de Janeiro 13.0 million, Bogota 10.4 million, and Lima 10.1 million. Those are our mega cities. And there are some pretty large American cities like Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, uh, uh, what's it called? San Antonio is getting really big. Anyway, Denver probably. Chicago. I don't know about Chicago. Detroit's shrinking. Most liberal, long-term liberal cities are having a decline in population for various reasons, but we can't get into that now either. That's a completely different subject that has to do with violent crime and high taxes. So, it might be surprising to find North and South America still joined into a single continent, but in a book published in the United States in 1937, this notion remained very common up until and through World War II that it was one continent. Let's see. It cannot be coincidental that this idea served American geopolitical designs at the time which sought both Western Hemispheric domination and disengagement from the old world continents of Europe, Asia, and Africa. Not until the 1950s, however, when virtually all American geographers came to a point where they made visually distinct North and South America landmasses being of separate continent. Not until the 1950s. That's all before most of our time. However, we are separate continents now. <laughs> Okay, two more, uh, two more highlights and we're out of here. The population of America is made up of the descendants of four large ethnic groups and their combinations. So there's going to be more than four because of the combinations. But these are the ethnic groups of the Americas. You have the indigenous people of the Americas, such as the Amerindians or the Inuits, or other uh, early settlement native ancestry. You have those of the European ancestry, mainly Spanish, British, Irish, Portuguese, German, Italian, French, and Dutch. You have your African ancestry, mainly from West African descent. You have Asians that come from many different parts of Asia, mainly Eastern Asia, South Asia, and Southeast Asia. You have the Mestizos, which derives from the Metis people of Canada. They are a mix of European and Amerindian ancestry. You have Mulattoes, which are mixed African and European ancestry. And you have, this is the one I don't understand, and you have the Zambos, where it says Spanish, Portuguese, indigenous, African ancestry. So Zambos, Spanish, or Kufuzos, Portuguese, 
those of mixed African and indigenous ancestry. See, that doesn't make any sense. Spanish, it, it's Zambos. And then you have uh, parentheses Spanish. But then it says those of mixed uh, African and indigenous ancestry. So, make of that what you will, my fellow Zambos. Now, oh, I've got more than one little tidbit left. I've got three, two, really. Um, look what has become of our great Americas. We have become export-import behemoths. By the year 2020, the United States was the world's largest exporter and one and largest importer. Excuse me. It was the second largest exporter and largest importer, both running in the trillions of dollars. Mexico was the 10th largest import-export. Canada was the 12th largest import-export. Brazil was the 24th largest import-export. Chile was the 45th largest import-export. Argentina, the 46th. Colombia, the 54th. And import-export. And our continent of America became very strong in agriculture. The agriculture on these continents are very strong and varied. Countries such as United States, Brazil, Canada, Mexico, and Argentina are among the largest agricultural producers on the planet. In 2019, the overall continent dominated the world production of soy, almost 90% of the world total, sugarcane, 55% of the world total, coffee, 55% of the world total, and corn, 48% of the world total. The continents also produced 40% of the world's oranges, 37% of the world's pineapple, 35% of the world's lemons, and 30% of the world's cotton. In livestock, America produces 45% of the world's beef, 36% of the world's chicken, meat, and 28% of the world's cow milk. So we got it going on. When the electronic world shuts down, we've got beef and milk. So don't be messing with us. Unless you want to trade some beef and milk for your weapons of mass destruction so we can destroy them and save the world, right? Um, I can close that out. Don't save. I haven't even had any of my tea. Good Lord, I've been talking my head off. Dog hadn't scratched on the door. Kid has, kid has been quiet. He must have gone upstairs. I can't even hear his feet. Oh, that's good. I still haven't gotten anything from uh, Arizona Tea. I was really hoping they'd send, you know, a, a case of four jugs of Arizona green tea. Is that so difficult for someone who pushes their tea every episode almost? That's okay. 
It's okay. It's not expensive. Works for me. Goes pretty far. I enjoy it. So it's Thanksgiving week. You're going to see your family most likely. You're going to see family you probably don't want to see. Surprise them. Hug them. Kiss them on the cheek. Tell them you love them if you never have. And see the reaction in their eyes. They'll be shocked. Maybe not. But, you know, spread the joy. Fake it. I can't fake anything. I'm not a faker. Like a, it's just like a tractor going by my house. It's 10 o'clock at night. Oh, it's a big tractor trailer. He is cruising. Anyway. Hug them relatives. If there's... If there's... You know... Any kind of rifts in between... You and another relative... Fix it. Be the man or woman. And step up. Humble yourself. Step up. And fix it. Spread the joy. That's our goal. Make this world a better place, you make it a happier place. You want to make it a happier place, you're going to have to be a happy person. You're going to have to be friendly. You're going to have to smile. You have to hold the door for people and surprise them because no one does it anymore. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Thank you. No, thank you. You know, I do not have a lot of family to go spend holidays with. I have my kids who I share with my ex. I have my mom. I left the silence there because that's all I got. I've got other relatives live North Mississippi somewhere, different places, you know, two, three hours away. But we don't, you know, we, we go to reunions once, twice a year and meet. But immediate family, you know, always wanted a big family, lots of people. The Griswold thing without the all the lights or the disasters or Cousin Eddie. I could take a Cousin Eddie if we had, you know, big family. Always wanted a big family. And I, and, I, and I do, but it's not my family. It's my ex's family. But I'm welcome there because, frankly, I'm the better of the uh, split. But I don't want to get into that this time around. <laughs> and then we must be kind to strangers. You don't have to give, in fact, don't give money to these people that stand at a stop sign by the hospital all day long. And they got a bicycle over there. If they can ride a bike, and stand all day long begging for change. Why can't they just get a simple job somewhere doing something? There are so many jobs right now where people are needed, but the government's sending out little pittance of a check to anyone that has a social security number and is unemployed to stay unemployed and businesses struggle. So, you know, maybe I'm breaking my old my own rule about 
spreading the joy and the love to everybody because capable beggars is just, you know, you're taken away from those that aren't capable. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome to America. From Chile to northern Canada. That is us. We are Americans. Argentinians, Americans. Mexicans, Americans. United Stadians, Americans. We just claim Americans in America. But we're part of it. We're not it yet. So. Be good, be kind, spread that ripple of kindness out. And for Pete's sake, may you find I can't find the icon to unfind what I want to do. For Pete's sake, may you find peace. Wait.